It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take command from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson rolling along. Again, thanks to Lorenzo Alexander. Awesome conversation with Zoe. He's the best. Um, yeah, he's so awesome, lucky man. to have a great friendship with him over the years. Uh, so, on the field, which is what yep. we thought we'd do for the full 45 minutes, we were really looking forward to that. And it's like, God. Yeah. And, and I think that's like a sidebar, like a little bit of an important thing. Today. Like, Nobody yeah. wants to spend time talking about this other stuff. Like that is why it is a distraction, um, and it matters a lot more from a distraction standpoint for the people involved. Um, that they then get asked questions about that, and that takes up their mental space. For us, like we talk about whatever is the lead story, and unfortunately, what Jack said is the lead story. But alas, here we are. Uh, there is still plenty of time to do both, and so now for the other half of both, uh, we move on the field. And if you want to feel good about the Commanders, maybe the best place to start is Jahan Dotson. Uh, the reports uh, that I've seen, everybody watching, you know, the, as the, it's open to full media, he's just he's playing great, and he's continued to progress. Yeah. You get the chance to watch him every single day and review the tape. Uh, and it seems, uh, from, from talking to you a little bit about this in between practices and stuff, you seem to be on the exact same page as everybody else. You, you're yeah, impressed I mean, I with wish this I kid. Could, I wish I could say something, like, unique and different and exciting, but, like, he's just been doing a really nice job, and I think it's the... You know, like we talked about the transfer from college to the NFL, how it's almost a different sport. You know, college football is completely different than NFL football. And for him to bring like some of that route running nuance and understanding to this level and, and execute it at such a high level, it's just been so impressive. And he just not a lot of mental mistakes, very sharp. He has a, and I think that maybe the more important thing is his rapport with Carson Wentz. You can tell Carson Wentz is starting to trust him, which is significant because like if you look back at his, his time in Philadelphia, his time in Indianapolis, he kind of has a guy that he trusts and he likes, you know, in Indianapolis, that's Michael Pittman kind of to the detriment of the offense in some cases, but it's nice to have a guy like Jahan who can consistently get open in multiple ways. Unlike Pittman, who's a very good receiver, but it's kind of one dimensional and to have that kind of rapport with him already. And so it's just interesting. Like, you know, when it, it gets a little dicey in the pocket, like he just launches it for Jahan and Jahan can make a play for him. And I think that that's been, that's been encouraging. And I think it's going to be interesting when Terry comes back, how that, alchemy kind of works together because I think you know like we said like Terry's a very good football player obviously he's been one of the best receivers in the league for a couple of years now um, but how does that work with Jahan who's obviously a rising kind of rising star I know this is OTAs I know they don't have pads on there's a lot of modifiers that need to be put on that but it is it is an exciting proposition to see a guy who is I mean at this point in OTAs let me say that again at this point in OTAs which is very early on in the process um you know, he's looking like a one, one-ish kind of one A, one B type of wide receiver, which is something that this offense is sorely needed for a very long time. Yeah, um, especially when they've had a quarterback. It's kind of like they've had one or the other. The last time yeah. they 
kind of had both was Deshaun. He was here, and Kirk was was cooking, and well, they made the playoffs. So that tends yeah. to tends to help thing. Talent meet talent. Um, for Dotson, when you think about what stands out, you know, you talk about the intellect, you talk about the catchability, the catch radius, despite the size, um, all of those things. How how much like how. I don't know. I guess it's kind of a weird way to word it, but like, how comfortable are you with your evaluation and your projection, considering it is OTAs? And, and yeah. what, what I kind of mean by that is like, offensive line play is impossible to evaluate because it is yeah. so physical, and like, a, a good technique can be completely obliterated by force in a way that yeah. you don't really necessarily get on the outside. So, is it yeah. easier to evaluate a guy like Dotson and kind of feel like you have a better understanding than if it was you know a left tackle that was the first round pick? Yeah, so I think, you know, even offensive linemen, you can evaluate during OTAs, but like you said, like there's limits to the evaluation and you're really just evaluating athleticism, movement and intellectual process at this point. And I will say, you know, like, for example, Cosme has looked outstanding in OTAs so far, you know, like as an offensive lineman evaluation, because he's quick off the ball, he knows what he's doing, his pass set's been on point in terms of angle, you know what I mean? All those types Mm -hmm. of things are things you can evaluate. But then when you see Montez Sweat kind of give him the long arm and then pull off because they're in they're they're not in full pads, that's where you have your question mark and you write a little note to yourself and say, let's keep an eye on that. With receiver and the, like the farther you move away from the football, usually this is true. As you add space to the equation, the evaluation becomes a little bit more linear. There's much more. There's much less extrapolation to kind of like what he'll be with pads on, and especially like right now, like what you've done is you've taken college. Your evaluation, you know, I watched a ton of football on him because I really liked him a lot. Taking his college tape, and then you say, are you seeing that transferability to, like, you know, NFL defenses versus NFL defenses in an NFL offense? And you do. And now it's not quite the same speed it's going to be on Sunday. It's, like, you know, maybe, like, 85%. But at least it gives you kind of a, a, a template and it says, okay, yeah, he is showing the the route running savvy he is showing the catch radius he is showing the body control and it's not just a fugazi thing you see in college football so that's always encouraging and the fact that it is happening in more space is really critical so obviously like you need more data points to get the full evaluation but the college tape with the otas and i think you feel pretty good about the trajectory this kid is on now some people when you put the shoulder pads on that extra I think the helmet weighs seven pounds, the extra seven pounds from the shoulder pads and the thigh pads and all that stuff. It augments how that guy moves enough where it doesn't really work. But I'm saying you saw that, that, that skill set in college. I'm pretty And they wear pads in college. That's true. That is true. <laughs> so the movement, the movement looks the same, which is, which is good. Um, how have they used him? And like how, how replicable do you think that is to the regular season you obviously don't have terry yet which is significant um but how do you think the ultimate rotation kind of goes with specifically dotson mclaurin and uh curtis samuel like how do they move those pieces around at what will most often be a three wide receiver look of some variety yeah i think that's a fantastic question i think you hit the nail on the head there i think they want to be a three wide receiver set i mean everybody's talking about cole turner and he's looked really good Quite frankly, he's looked very, very good and a guy that is going to be a part of this team in some capacity for the foreseeable future. Um, and you say, well, why don't you use him as a big slot? Why don't you line him up as an ex-isolation receiver, which I'm sure he could do. But right now, your your first three wide receivers are very, very good football players. You know what I mean? Terry, uh, like Curtis Samuel, we've talked a lot about Jahan, but he's looked very, very sharp, you know, in terms of how his suddenness, his short area quickness, his utilization package has improved pretty dramatically. And then, <clears throat> obviously, um, who are we talking about? 
yeah, Terry, that's it. That's John, and, yeah. and Curtis. Yeah, that's, yeah. It. that's all three. So, um, so you're going to be in three wide receiver sets, and then how do you kind of make everybody happy? Because you know it was interesting. Jahan was kind of the two. Curtis Samuel was getting kind of all the one looks, and then all of a sudden that's kind of transitioned. I think a little bit now. Jahan seems to be the true number one guy, and again, this could be because they're trying to manage Curtis's workload a little bit. But I think from a route running standpoint, Jahan's a little bit more polished. And again, like he hasn't done it at the NFL level, but he's even kind of. He's motioning to the backfield now. He's getting some different looks off of that, right? He's getting the jet sweep stuff. He's getting the bubble screens. And again, Curtis has kind of taken, I think, two rest days now. So obviously those touches need to go somewhere. So they've chose to allocate them to Jahan. But I think it's a nice insurance policy for for, for Curtis Samuels if you do have an injury issue. Because like you've mentioned before, that was a big part of who they wanted him to be in terms of like a Swiss Army knife for the offense. But it's interesting because... This offense with Jahan, the addition of Jahan, what he's brought, and and Carson Wentz, that combo, has elevated the offense tremendously. So it's kind of, it's exciting to think when you add Terry and a guy that can win in certain situations one-on-one, and Jahan, and Curtis Samuel, like, it's, it's, the offense becomes very, very potent, and it's kind of what I think I was thinking about last year when they drafted De'Ami Brown, kind of was hoping for a variation of this, but obviously injuries and a lack of development by De'Ami, you know, you're left with Terry again, and now it's here again, and it feels so real and so palpable that you're kind of like, man, they could be anything. The problem is, it just seems like they kind of Carson or the offense dictate that he kind of fixates on that number one. So when training camp comes, and hopefully Terry's under contract and Curtis is out there healthy, that is when that question becomes really interesting, in my opinion, because that is the major question. Like, how do you get, how do you maximize everybody? and make the offense the best version of itself. Right. And so what I think is really great about this collection of receivers, as far as I know them and as far as everything I've heard about them, is they're all really smart, especially those top three that we just talked about. Not to diminish the intelligence of football IQ of anybody below them, but like we're talking about the guys who are going to take the most snaps, right? Playing X receiver is different than playing Y. It is different than playing in the slot. And like it's a completely different route concepts remembering you know the play calls from each of the position and understanding how the coverages attack you from each of those positions and those angles and all that kind of stuff you could talk about a lot better than me as someone who actually played some of them um, and obviously played it from the tight end spot for for 10 years in the league but I think a lot of times fans get frustrated. It's like, well, why don't they just move that guy over there? And it's like, well, he doesn't know that position. Like, wide receiver is not wide receiver. It's X or it's Y or it's Z. And so knowing when we talk about maximizing those three guys, I think it's really encouraging that it seems like Jahan is picking things up so quickly and Curtis is obviously familiar with the system and Terry is so intelligent and is familiar with the system at this point that all three of those guys can move around X, Y, and Z, which gives you one insurance against injury. If you need to slide somebody somewhere else and two, the ability to mix and match and create matchups that are favorable to you in the fall as you, you know, game plan each and every week. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. So at tight end, you play multiple positions. Like, you'll line up at every right. receiver spot, right? And so one of the things when you're doing that is, like, let's say, like, Terry's been an X for, like, three years in this offense, right? And you actually listen to the play differently at each position, right? Because it affects how you line up. So this is an example. So, like, if I'm playing Y tight end, I in Kyle's offense, I would always line up to the strength of the formation. So it says, like, I right, I'm going right. If it's, let's say it's solo, it's, let's say it's solo right, right? And I'm playing F, I go away from the call now, right? And if I'm the X, I always go away from the call unless I hear, you know, some other tag word. If I'm Z, I always go to the call. So 
bouncing even just from a formation standpoint can be really challenging in terms of getting lined up. And then you look at a, uh, an offense like uh, the LA Rams, where they pride themselves, you know, with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Robert Woods is obviously no longer there, but having smart receivers where you can interplay them because it makes matching up with them very much more difficult, right? So all of a sudden, Cooper Cup, he's not the F in the offense, which is like your adjuster. He's a Z on this play. And there's no loss because Robert Woods says, I know the F, I can just pop in there, right? So having three pieces like that makes it super easy to kind of bounce in and out of these like these different uh, formations and different personnel groupings that make your offense more effective in terms of finding favorable matchups. And ultimately, that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to find the best matchups on every single play. And that's where that intelligence comes in. And that's where having three guys who are kind of similar, smart, tough, physical football players can be really advantageous. I have a silly question. Let's say all yeah. three of those guys are out there and all three of those guys can play all three of those spots and they've all practiced it and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> how do they how do they know which way to go? Like this is a silly question, but like I'm curious and you can answer it for me and I think people will find this interesting, so I'm going to ask it yeah. into a microphone on the podcast. How do they know where to go on each individual one? Is it like something you practice yeah. during the week? It's like on this play, you're X, you're Z, you're Y, you're F. Like how how do they know if they are so interchangeable? You know, what roles they're going to go on on any specific play formation, etc.? Yeah, so that's a really good question, and, and every offense handles it a little differently. I think the, 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 the way that I've seen this offense handle it is just to go something as simple as like um, 11 personnel and then just tag the person's name. So Cam would be an example, 11 Cam. And so that means Cam in that formation is going to play the X, Terry's going to play the Z, or whatever that amalgamation is, right? And so if I say, oh, it's 11 Jahan, and Jahan's the F in that look, and then I say 11 Curtis, and he's the F, and then you know that I'm switching with Curtis or I'm switching with whoever, and maybe Terry stays the X or whatever the whatever the coaching is for that specific tag. So you have a big list of like 11 and then 11 variations. Maybe it's like 11 McKissick where McKissick's playing the F and Antonio's in the backfield, right? And then you have like kind of this this different personnel grouping or whatever it may be. That That's a bad example because that's two backs, so that'd be a little different. But like 11, you know, whoever, 11 Cole maybe even, right? And then you get specific tags for specific players and you know based on the name tag where i pop in and some people do numbers like 11 8 or 11 whatever the player's number is 11 1 in this case would be jahan right and that indicates something else as well so you have to be careful with that because that's more intellectual kind of volume you need to add on the players but when you have smart guys you can get that stuff done and that's something kyle used to do a lot of and it was very helpful it's helpful in terms of like getting like julio jones lined up where you want him on a specific formation or getting George Kittle lined up where you want him or Debo Samuel, right? So all that stuff is super important and it's nice now to have the ability. They did it last year, but now you have three pieces in terms of wide receiver that make that even more, that make that package even more expansive. And then you can still tag guys like Cam. Let's say you want to like run a, run a, like some type of crack toss play and you want him to block. Oh, 11 Cam, get in there. He's the F. And now you feel better about that instead of having Jahan block, you know, defensive end. So Again, it's just it opens up the book in a nice way and gets you the right people in the right matchups. I'm glad I asked that question. I feel smarter. Now. Uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Real quick, last thing on the offense before we slip 
uh, flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, of course, to get the ball to the receivers, you need a quarterback. The quarterback here yeah. is now Carson Wentz. You've now seen him for three weeks throughout the entire voluntary period. Um, had an interesting day, it felt like, yesterday, uh, watching all the tweets and everything. Had a couple of picks. I think one got deflected. Uh, Kendall picked him yeah. off in the two-minute drill. But largely, it seems like people have been pretty impressed. You've gotten to watch him extensively. Yeah. Like, What are your three-week in-person takeaways of Carson Wentz? And so everyone sees that interception and like the receiver fell down, you know, and then like Kendall's able to make a play on the ball. And if the receiver doesn't fall down, you know, it's probably completed and everything's fine and no one even knows. But that that's football. Right. <clears throat> and then obviously the deflection was pretty sick. Like by uh, Forrest, he did an excellent job. You know, Bates is posted up right over the ball on this kind of mesh concept. Both guys cross underneath. Bates is right there at 10. Puts in a nice fastball. But again, they were running kind of some version of quarters where this guy's like robbing that route and um it or robbing excuse me he's robbing the crosser and so the crosser brings him go. right to Bates and then mm-hmm. he's able to make a nice deflection Holcomb's just literally standing right there and the ball falls in the red basket so a little bit of luck there on those interceptions but I'd say his process overall has been pretty outstanding and um you know it's it's weird you know I don't remember exactly what they were doing last year on this time but they seem to be ahead of schedule in terms of install they're doing a lot of move the ball a lot of two minute a lot of red zone which again you don't really see this early in the offseason. I know people are trying to push to that more, but they did that week one of the OTA program, which is crazy to think about. They were at that point with a new quarterback, new yeah. starting And just receiver. so people understand, like that's a like if you're trying to install your base offense and you're struggling to do that, to get everybody in the same language, the same verbiage, all that kind of stuff, it, it takes time. Like You are learning yeah. a language. And so for them to get past the basics kind of to that next level where you have a whole new – like it's almost like a whole new mini playbook for your red yeah. zone and, and some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That 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 is why for folks that are not are less familiar, like that is why that is impressive. They kind of got to the second playbook. And by the way, that second playbook is your situational football stuff that wins and loses yeah. you games. Yeah, and it's so it's cool that they're working on that already. And again, he just intellectually doesn't seem too big for him. And again, I, I know everyone's been talking about this, but it is significant, so I'm going to talk about it on here too. He's got a freaking cannon for an arm. Like, he can touch, like, so Jahan, I this was two days ago, this might have been uh, Tuesday. So he runs a vertical stem to the post and an out. And the out ends up being about 25 yards on the far hash. So that is a heck of a throw. And it's like a 40 yard throw, probably, at least. It's. It's a ridiculous throw. And so Carson, uh, Casey Tuhill, excellent pressure off the edge, wins on the jump set. He has to step up, and he's running with his shoulders like this, and he throws across his body an absolute laser beam, and Jahan's able to catch it you know, for a 25-yard gain. And that throw is just not on the table last year. It's just not available. And no one and very few people in the NFL can do that. So... The fact that that is who they want to be offensively is this team that is attacking vertically a little bit more, attacking that deep third of the field as much as possible, or not as much as possible, more regularly because it opens up the underneath stuff. I just look at that and I say, they have that tool here. They have that arm, they have the horsepower, and they have a guy who's seeing it well. So this happened a couple of days ago too. So the defense is running quarters, which is that those four wide receivers across the back, and Carson is looking to the offensive left. The receiver's running a deep in-cut, so like a 20-yard in-cut. And what that does is it holds the safety in the corner in the quarters rotation to that side. And the other guy's running a post over top. And he shifts his shoulders last second, is able to deliver a bomb 
down to Jahan. Now, that was the first throw I saw him miss. But in terms of his process in manipulating to manufacture that throw, I think that's right. where you see, again, the advantage in addition to the arm. He's a guy who's got a lot of experience, a lot of talent. And again, I think the biggest thing with him is between the ears at this point and knowing when the play is dead and when to kind of live and play another down. But, you know, he has just been, like, again, and it's maybe because the comparison over the last couple of years has not been very good in terms of quarterbacks here for the commanders. But holy cow, man, I think, like, I'm excited about it. And again, this is early, but he's going to give this offense something that wasn't there last year. It's exciting because you get to have hope as opposed to knowing you're already dead in the water, right? Like, yes, it doesn't right. mean that it's guaranteed that he's going to play well. We don't know. Some of the stuff where he's struggled is the kind of things you only see when live bullets are flying. Mm-hmm. But to be able to know what he's capable of at this point is also exciting. Like both things can be true. We can have a cap on the excitement because we know where the limitations are and we can't test those yet. But we also know that the things that we're seeing are things that we absolutely did not see and could not have possibly seen last year. Yeah. And I think just to like to support that point a little bit, like even if he does not play well, like let's say he plays like he's the 20 to 25th ranked quarterback in the NFL that is better quarterback production than they've had for what? Like you would know better than me, probably five years. Since like since I mean, Alex Alex was healthy, maybe. Yeah, and and even then, like Alex's, they won games despite Alex's production. Yeah, um, it right. was not. It was it was it was pretty gnarly in terms of the numbers. Like he was below 200 yards passing a lot of those games. He just never yeah. turned the ball over and you know knew how to manage a game. And, and that that has value too, which is like the stuff you sometimes worry about with Carson. But from a production standpoint, like you got to kind of go back to Kirk since they had someone throw for over 4,000. Right, and I think that's like what you're going to get here is a guy who can do that, and even if he's not playing his best, can do that. So I think that's something that's encouraging the fans. So even if it's ugly. He's going to be very productive. And the, so all of a sudden, the floor of the offense moves up a little bit. Now he's got to stay healthy. And you mentioned some of the intellectual things that Alex did so well that maybe he has a hard time with. I don't disagree with that. And those are things, again, as we move through the process, need to be evaluated. But you should be optimistic for sure, to your point. Optimism is good. We like hope. Hope is good. <laughs>